He's a miracle working God. Amen. All right. Have a seat. And we're going to show you a video that uh, is from our crusade in El Salvador. We are on assignments. Estamos en una asignación. An apostolic assignment. Una asignación apostólica. To see the nation of El Salvador. Para ver la nación del Salvador. Changed for the glory of God. Cambiada para el poder de Dios. El Salvador shall be saved. Care if you're on drugs, no me importa si estás en drogas, if you're in gangs, o pandillas, if you're in the cartel, o si estás en algún cartel, or in witchcraft, o brujería, the Jesus we serve, al Jesús que servimos, this is a sign, esta es una señal, to tell someone here today, para decirle a alguien aquí, that he is a deliverer, que la se libre, we're gonna release a sound, vamos a desatar un sonido. To let the enemy know. To let every devil and imp know. El Salvador shall be saved. With a word in their hearts. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. He's worthy of it all. You know what? I'm grateful he's alive. Jesus is alive. I, I, I got to preach this message that's burning in my heart today, and I, I want to deliver it like a red-hot evangelist. I want to preach like a dying man to dying men and women. I want to preach with urgency, and I want to preach with boldness and clarity because Jesus is alive, and he is coming back soon. Can I get a loud amen? First. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 says this, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I, I love shouting this from the rooftop wherever I go, that our Jesus is not dead, but he is alive. The grave could not contain him. Hell could not hold him. Nothing could stop him. Because when Jesus is alive, he is alive forevermore. See, I love this because we don't serve a dead God. We serve a God that is living, a God that is active, a God that cares, a God that heals, a God that restores, a God that does the impossible. Come on, can I get a loud amen on Mother's Day? I, I just want to go through some scriptures here. Mark chapter 15, verse 42 says this. Now when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, 
Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking, come, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead. In summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. I, I just got to preach on something here on Mother's Day. It's a very simple but powerful message that our Jesus is not dead. I know you might say this seems like an Easter message. No, this is a gospel message. We need to be preaching this message all the time. See, Pilate didn't mind giving the body to Joseph of Arimathea for Jesus' burial. See, he didn't mind giving him the body because the body was dead. I got to tell you something here today. Pilate thought a dead Jesus has no power. There's a lot of churches that are dead. There's a lot of churches that worship a dead Jesus. You can see the statues outside of Jesus, but he's not alive in the church. They have beautiful marble statues, but no life inside the building. I'm here to tell you today that we will always be a church that is alive because he is alive. Can I get a loud amen? When you are part of a church that is alive, it does some things. You shout, you dance, you lift up your hands, you travel all the way around the world to preach the dark gospel of Jesus Christ to nations. You do things a little bit unordinary to religious standards. See, it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. We need to have a relationship with Jesus. See, I, I, I've been a part of a lot of dead things in my life, in my Christian walk, but I'm not being a part of dead things. I need to be a part of something that is alive, that is active, that is moving. You see miracles when a church is alive. You see supernatural when the church is alive. You see salvations when the church is alive. You see nations shaken for the glory of God when churches are alive. I had a pastor say, how are you doing all this stuff out throughout the nations with just one church? I said, the church is alive. I said, when the church is alive, they'll give, they'll invest, they'll be a part of. I said, you don't need an army of churches. You just need some people that are alive in Jesus Christ. I got to preach this message on Mother's Day because there's some mamas believing for some miracles in the house of God today. I got to tell you, if you bury a lie, it will rot. But if you bury the truth, it will rise. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When you bury the truth, it will rise and it will come alive. Death couldn't hold him and the grave couldn't contain him because he is the truth. I don't care what the world makes up. I got a revelation for you here today that is a controversy in the church 
of God today, which I don't even understand how it is a controversy. I'm going to give you a deep and wonderful revelation. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. Period. That's what the Bible says. Come on, somebody. It's time that we rise up and be the church that is alive. Deadness is a sin. The Holy Spirit spoke that so strongly to me last night. Deadness is a sin. If we are the body of Christ and Christ is the head of his church, can you imagine a head that is alive but the body is dead? The body must be alive. If the head is alive, the body has to be alive. It doesn't work any other way. Jesus is the head of his church. And we are the body. If the head is alive, and I'm here to tell you, Jesus is alive. Then the body has to be alive. If you're dead here today, Jesus can resurrect you and give you life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. He's alive. I've heard a ton of people in my life tell me, you, you need to learn how to defend Jesus to the world. I, I, I've never understood that. Jesus does not need a lawyer. I, I, I know there's some lawyers in the house today. And I'm not knocking being a lawyer. Come on, somebody. I need a lawyer from time to time. You need a lawyer from time to time. But let me tell you what Jesus doesn't need. Jesus does not lead a lawyer. He's not on trial. He is the judge. He's not on trial. He was perfect. He is the judge. The Bible says he will judge them all. Jesus is the judge. He does not need a lawyer. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah. You know what you do with a lion? You don't have to defend the lion. You just let the lion out of the cage. I'm here to let the lion out of the cage today and let Jesus have his way here in the church today. The lion doesn't need a lawyer. You need to let the lion out of the cage and let him run. Because he is the lion from the tribe of Judah. And when he is out of the cage, he will do what only he can do. He heals the sick, the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. He is a lion. Come on. Come on, somebody. If we are anything, Jesus does not need a lawyer. We are witnesses. I have been asked many times in my life to stand at that witness seat. Not in reality, but in the supernatural. To a world that is hurting and dying. See, you can ask Art. He's a great lawyer. He could tell you this. A witness 
is also can become evidence. What they say can become evidence. See, what we are is witnesses. And when we stand before the world, we are witnesses to the power of Jesus Christ. We are witnesses that he is alive and not dead. That he conquered hell, death, and the grave. We are witnesses. See, I know he's alive. I know it. I'm a witness. I'm a living piece of evidence. I am a living piece of evidence that Jesus is alive. Because my life before Jesus, I was dead in my sins. But one day he entered the doorway of my heart and everything changed. I am a living piece of evidence that Jesus is alive. Come on. You're a living piece of evidence that Jesus is alive. At your work, you're evidence that Jesus is alive. At your school, you're evidence that Jesus is alive. At the supermarket, at the taco stand, wherever you go, you're a living piece of evidence that Jesus is alive. I'm a living piece of evidence. He's alive. He can take a wretch like me and save us and use us. I always have people say to me, why does God use you the way he does and not me? I love saying this because it's really not me. I imagine people go to Pastor Alba all the time. Pastor Alba was a uh, pit bull on the mission field. Come on, somebody. She, she would grab people that are sick. They wouldn't even come up in line. She would just grab them and start praying for them. It was amazing. She also sat next to me on the way back on the red eye. And uh, I will never sit near her again on a plane. She invades your space. Come on, somebody. That's a foul. You don't do that on the plane. I'm a bigger guy. Please don't invade my space. Can I get a loud amen? We pray for her. May she never do that again to me. <laughs> you know why God uses Pastor Alba? Do you know why God uses Pastor Rob? See, I always see things sometimes in pictures. If you have two stoves, one is hot and the other is cold, which one would you use to cook your food? God uses that heat, that fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost inside you. He uses it. God isn't going to use something that's dead. He's going to use something that is alive and on fire for him. Because if you want something cooked, if you want coffee made, you need fire. And God says, if I'm going to change the world, I need people. I need a church with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on. I know this ain't seeker-friendly preaching, but I'm preaching for a miracle today. I'm tired. I will never, as a pastor, coddle your unbelief.
I will never coddle your unbelief. If you come to me and you have unbelief, I won't, I won't coddle it. I will not pastor your unbelief. I will tell you, you need to believe. You need to believe. You need to learn to doubt your unbelief. You can doubt the things of God so easily, but you cannot. Sometimes we have such a problem doubting our unbelief. You need to learn how to doubt your unbelief. You need to learn how to. Why don't you start rebuking the lies of Satan? Why don't you start rebuking the things the enemy is saying over your life? We throw away the things of God so easily. We don't believe so easily. See, I believe the whole book. The whole book. From Genesis to Revelation, I believe it all. I, I, know, I know I'm a, a minority in this country nowadays. And I'm fine with that. Because I do believe God is raising up a remnant in this hour. Even though people may fall away, the remnant will catch fire. And there will be a great move of God that happens in this latter days that the world has never seen. Not because everybody's on board, but because the people that are on board are on fire for Jesus and are burning hot coals. I'm burning for Jesus. I want to see him change our city, our nation, and our world. I'm burning for the Lord. We must burn. We must burn for Jesus. We must burn. I'm tired of coddling doubt. Believe. Have faith in Jesus. Believe what he says. Do what he says. Come on. I want to see miracles here on Mother's Day. I am believing for the supernatural touch of Jesus. The apostles preached the power of God, and they got results. We need to preach the power of God, and we will get the results the apostles got. They didn't preach logic. They didn't preach doubt. They didn't start a club called the Doubters Club. I've never heard of such a thing in my life. There was a man in the Bible who said, help my unbelief. My unbelief does not need any help. Come on, somebody. We need to help our faith. We need our faith to grow. Come on, amen that. Amen. We need a faith. The great Dr. Lester Summerall, my spiritual grandfather, said, faith is simply trusting God. We need to trust God. We need to trust God. I'm here to tell you today, we need to preach the gospel. We need to preach the gospel. I love this. If you turn your Bibles to John chapter 20, verse 11. Tonight, we're going to pray for miracles. I know it's Mother's Day. Go have a good lunch, but come back. In the evening, we're going to pray for miracles again. But I'm believing there's going to be miracles that happen at this service right now. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, 
because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposed, supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbi, which is to say teacher. I love that. Mary. Mary. One word. He said her name, and she knew his voice. He's saying your name today. He's saying your name today. I don't know what your name is, but he's saying your name. I want you to understand this here today. Your name may be Rob or Deidre or Armando, but he's saying your name. Mary Magdalene was possessed by seven devils, but Jesus set her free. She was a prostitute. She was a witness. She witnessed how he died, and she witnessed how they buried him. She was crushed. She was the first who saw the stone rolled away. The Bible says she wept. Why did she weep? I always wondered this. Why was she crying? Now, I know a lot of people would say she's probably crying because of what's happening to Jesus. But I've learned in life, most people think of themselves first, even Christians. And I wondered why she was crying. And I began to ask the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, I need revelation on this. I want to know why she is crying. And I imagine she was delivered so powerfully. Seven demons cast it out. Delivered from a life of prostitution. Set free. Chains broken. Delivered. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced that here today. But he is a chain-breaking God. He breaks every chain of addiction. He breaks every lifestyle chain. He can set you free. You weren't born that way. He can deliver you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. He's a chain breaker. He's a promise keeper. But see, there's a difference between a dead God and a God that is alive. See, a God that is alive can protect you. A God that is dead cannot protect you. Pilate didn't have a problem giving Joseph the body because the body was dead. Mary understood something. It was Jesus that delivered her. And if Jesus is dead, those demons can come back. If Jesus is dead, I could go back to that old life. I'm here to tell you something. This is what separates Jesus from every person ever to live, every religion ever in the history of all mankind, that Jesus did die, but death couldn't hold him, and he is alive today. Hallelujah. 
And if he delivered you, he can protect you because he is alive. A dead God can't protect you. A dead religion can't protect you. A dead religion cannot, cannot stop you from going back to the old life. But a Jesus that is alive, a church that is alive, the head is alive, the body is alive, the demons aren't coming back, the old life is not coming back, because Jesus will protect us. Hallelujah. He protects. He delivers. I remember a pastor told me a story years ago. He was, uh, he had a friend that was, uh, I believe he was a Buddhist or some, I want to say it was some religion that kind of sprung from that. And he was telling my pastor friend, that he was going to go see the founder of his religions. He was going to go see him. He said, well, when you come back, let's talk. And when he came back, he saw him. He said, you should see it. The grave site is so beautiful. There's gold. There's flowers everywhere. The grave is so beautiful. The founder of my religion, his grave is beautiful. Gold and silver and flowers and jewels and all sorts of jewelry. My friend thought to himself, what's great about our Jesus and what's great about his gravesite It's so powerful. It's so amazing. It's so hard to even put into words. That if you went there, the tomb's empty. He's not there. That makes me want to shout. That makes me want to dance. That makes me want to sing praise. That makes me want to spin. That makes me want to do so many things because there's so many people worshiping a grave sites, but we don't worship a grave sites. We worship the God of heaven and earth. We worship a Jesus that is alive. And I'm preaching this on Mother's Day. Because there's somebody that needs a miracle on Mother's Day. And what I love about mamas is they always bring people to church. They bring sons, they bring daughters, they bring grandma, they bring grandpa, they bring everybody. And what I love about mamas is they will pray and believe for a miracle. And today we're going to believe for the supernatural power of God to touch lives, to change lives, to heal the sick, to do the supernatural. Because why? Because the tomb is empty. He's not in it. 
And if he conquered death, hell, and the grave, the Bible says that he has all power in his hand to do the impossible. Why we see miracles at this church? Because Jesus is alive and we are alive in him. The head is alive and the body is alive. Come on. I've been to pastors' conferences where they've talked, and it's all dead. I, I promise myself I'm never doing that stuff again. If it's not alive, I'm not doing it. I don't care how famous of a speaker you get. It don't, it don't do nothing for me. I need, I need life. I need the fire. I need the fire of the Holy Ghost. I need lives to be changed. I need the miracles. I need the supernatural. Because if we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, these things follow those who believe. We don't worship miracles. We worship the miracle working God, Jesus. Come on. Because we worship him, because we follow him, miracles, signs, and wonders follow us. It's our birthright. It's what marks us. It's what makes us. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I can't imagine how he said Mary. She thought he was the gardener until he said her name. salvation I know she cried out teacher but that meaning had so much more to her teacher deliverer the one who set me free. The one who rescued me. The one who pulled me from that miry clay and set my feet upon the rock of salvation. Jesus, it's you. They're not coming back. Those demons can't torment me anymore. I'm not going back to the old life because you're here. You're here. Jesus will change your life. 
he will protect you. He is our protector. Our ever-present help in time of need. When I count to three, if you need to surrender your life to Jesus today or rededicate your life to Jesus, lift your hand high. One, I just declare the Holy Spirit is moving through this place. Two, I break every chain of the devil over your life. This is your moment. If you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time or rededicate your life to Jesus, lift your hand high now. Say, that's me. I see those hands. I see them. I see them in the upper deck. I see them. I see them. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and live. I give you everything. I love you, Jesus. I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give all those wonderful people? The greatest miracle is always the miracle of salvation. From going from darkness to light, destruction to glory, crossing the gospel bridge, from heaven, from hell to heaven, from darkness to light. And we celebrate. You need to get plugged in the growth track. After every service in the lower classroom, you need to find your purpose. Because God's going to light a fire in you. And it's going to burn. And I'm excited. We have so many amazing mission trips lined up for this year. You need to start praying now if you're meant to go. Every hand lifted if you need a miracle. Maybe it's a healing in your body. Maybe it's a financial miracle. Maybe it's a miracle believing for a lost loved one. It's something you can't do in your own strength. If that's you here today, lift your hands high. I want to see them. If you need a miracle, I'm going to pray corporately. We'll have time to pray at the end, but lift it up. Come on, everybody. Let's just begin as the worship team comes back. Come on, let's just take a moment right now and we're going to pray. You're a miracle working God, Jesus. You're alive. And if you're alive, you can do the impossible time and time and time again. I declare healing is in the room because Jesus is in the room. By his stripes, I'm healed. The deliverer's in the room. And I declare the miracle working power to deliver those that are in bondage here today. He sets the captive free. He looses every chain. He breaks every shackle. He does what only he can do. He cuts the cords of darkness in a moment because he's a chain breaking Jesus. And we declare that here today. I declare for lost loved ones that are away from Jesus. Prodigal sons and daughters that are on the hog pen trail. We call them home right now in the name of Jesus. Get off the hog pen trail and head towards Jesus. Head back to the Father's house. We declare that here today.
I pray for financial miracles. Those that need a miracle financially, we declare it here today. The latter house will be greater than the former house. God is telling someone here today, he is able. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Come on, give him a shout of praise. God really has stirred up some things in my spirit for today. You don't want to miss tonight. God, we're going we're gonna to pray for a lot of people tonight. I'm going to pray for a lot of people tonight. And I want, I want you to come out if you're able. But as the ushers come forward, today we're going to take up our tithes and offering on this special Mother's Day. And can we give all the mothers one more hand clap? Aren't they amazing? The greatest thing a mother can do concerning her children is to pray for them and give them to the Lord. Give them to the Lord. The greatest thing a mother can do. How many are grateful for praying mamas out there? Come on, somebody. Right now, we're going to tithe, we're going to give. Because this church believes in tithing. This church believes in giving. I know a lot of churches shy away from this nowadays, but I will never do that. The greatest thing you can learn is to become a giver. We are made in the image of God. I'm going to say that again. We are made in the image of God. We are children of God. Sons and daughters of the king. Jesus modeled so many wonderful things. One of the things, he was the greatest giver there ever was. The greatest. He gave his life. He gave it all. And he asked us to tithe, to give offering. I believe in tithing. I believe in offering. I believe in it. This is the area God says, test him in. The God of heaven and earth says, test me in this area. If that doesn't speak to you, I don't know what will. God says, test him. We have been so blessed in our life by tithing, me and my wife. Beyond blessed. I'm a radical giver. I'm a radical giver. It has changed my life forever. Come here, Natalie. I want you to pray. But I sense this today, too. What's amazing about when you tithe, God promises that he'll open the windows of heaven in Malachi chapter 3. But he also says he will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Some of you maybe aren't, haven't gotten ahead in a while. And you're trying everything but tithing. You need to learn how to tithe and you need to learn how to give offering. Because when you do it, you will rebuke the devourer. I declare every hand lifted right now. I declare freedom 
freedom in your finances. I pray that God raises up millionaires in this church that will give radically to the kingdom of God. I pray that God raises up successful businessmen and women, entrepreneurs. One idea. God gives us the power to create wealth, the Bible says. And we declare that here today. One idea can change everything. I want Natalie just to pray before we take up the offer. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that you're sweeping through this place. We pray a blessing over every giver. We thank you as we return our tithes, our holy, sanctified 10% into your hand, Lord. And as we give offering above that, we ask for you to breathe on it for your glory and for your purposes, for souls to be saved, for lives to be changed. In Jesus' unstoppable name, provide for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus one more shout of praise. What a beautiful Mother's Day. Now, we're, we're going to have pastors up here to pray, but we also have a photo booth outside. You can take a picture with your family. And this is just an exciting day to love on all the mamas. And it is an amazing day because I believe Jesus is already doing miracles. How many know we've seen miracles today with our own eyes when people gave their life to Jesus? Can I get a loud amen? All right, one more hallelujah. Pastor Shalom is going to play in the worship team. We're going to have pastors up here if you need prayer. We're going to have no formal dismissal. Whenever you got to go, feel free to go. God bless everyone.